0: Okay, well, oh my gosh, this is going to be a great podcast this week. This is the first time I've had a guest on the podcast, and we're going to talk about pivoting during the pandemic. So everyone from every side of the country, every side of the world has experienced all the changes and the ups and downs of being in this pandemic. And from a marketing standpoint, I had my entire 2020 already just laid out. I was ready. In December 2019, I turned my last paper in for uh, my marketing class. I was getting my bachelor's degree in marketing and my, literally my project was a business plan to basically only focus on one niche in marketing. And the niche that I picked was event planning and wedding planners. And my guest that I have today I picked her because she was the first person that I prospected when I learned how to do marketing and she is a wedding planner. So let me introduce you to her. Her name is Sandy Bell and I will let her tell you about her remarkable business. And we're gonna talk today just about um, how we felt in, in 2019, especially at the end of the year because I had a whole list of things that I was gonna do, had everything planned out just the way you're supposed to do. And then the pandemic hit, and I had to pivot. So, Sandy, just you can take it from
1: here. Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you, Chandra, so much for having me on the podcast today. I really do appreciate it. Uh, my name, as Chandra stated, is Sandy Bell. I'm the owner of Imperial Events. I've been in the wedding and event industry for over 20 years. Um, never thinking about um, this time that we're in. Never, ever have experienced anything like this. Um, of course, I've experienced 9-11. I experienced the stock market crashing, but never experienced the whole entire world shutting down. And everyone being um, in a state of almost seclusion, is what I would say. Because um, for the most part, we most states were on lockdown. And we were. Um, sort of separate from each other and not what humans usually do because we're social creatures and you know just thinking about the wedding and event industry um last, the last quarter of 2019 as Chandra stated you know you have all these plans you're getting everything together so you know you can prepare for your the next year and for me it was I had a ton of plans um from just Having weddings scheduled to not only just, you know, the, wed- the weddings being scheduled, but coming up with other events and doing other events from wedding shows to um, a little bit of uh, corporate as well. So we just had quite a few things just taking, taking place and had all this momentum like going from 2019 and ready. And in January, we were taking off and all excited. February comes, we're you know still excited. All this momentum is going and taking place, and in March, the first week of March, <laughs> like oh my God, what happens? <laughs> you have, you know, you start hearing of you know the different cities and and you know even you know just different countries just shutting down and you know people going into isolation because of COVID and then you find out how rapidly it's spreading. So in the same time with it spreading, you know, everything from corporate events, I think the corporate events stopped first because travel stopped first. Um, I wouldn't say it stopped first, but travel stopped. So we ended up um, having um, the corporate sort of decline is what we saw. And from there, we ended up starting to see weddings decline because you could only have so many people in a certain place in the beginning. And then all of a sudden they said, you know, we're going to shut this down. Mm -hmm. So, of course, it has caused, like, you know, everybody to pivot. And I know Chandra being in this, coming into this niche, that was not the thing that she was thinking (laughs) of.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. I thought I had... I thought of all niches to pick, why did I pick that one? And even listening to you uh, in the beginning, I never thought about the fact that, um, you know, 9-11 happened and things slowed down, but they didn't come to a complete stop. Like we've never had things come to a complete stop. And you've been in this industry much, much longer than I've even thought about marketing, but, I just really, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I really didn't know what to do. And I was blessed. So, you know, I I literally write all of my clients an email in December and I'm like, do not send me any more referrals of anyone who is not in the event or wedding industry. I will continue to work on your websites, but I will no longer be um, accessible to people just to deal with any any type of industry. I really want to be laser focused. I really want to concentrate on this industry. Um, started doing all my marketing stuff in January. Um, the first week of March, I get a phone call. It seemed like it was just out of nowhere. I got four event venues in one day. And I, oh, wow. I thought, oh, this is it. I made the best decision ever and literally... Two days later, when I'm supposed to basically get the go-ahead from the owner of these venues, Ah! everything's on lockdown. Because at that point, we weren't on lockdown. But we went on lockdown. And he jokingly said to me, well, I'm going to give you this project, but can I get a COVID discount? I'll never forget it. (laughs) And I thought to myself, (laughs) I said, sure. I'll give you a discount for the next 60 days because we didn't know what was going to happen right? and and we were literally on a shutdown. So I said, to be honest, it's probably the best thing that could happen at the beginning of a project because, because you guys can't do anything. It'll really give me the opportunity to really just be focused on what I have in front of me and there's Mm -hmm. no other distractions. Little did I know that that sixty days would turn into literally the rest of the year. year. Yeah, um, yeah, So what I've been able to do, honestly, was I had to go back to my training, and I had to continue to stay inside of the basics of marketing because the 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 beauty of the internet and the data that you can pull from Google Analytics, from the Google Keyword Planner from another tool that I use keywords everywhere what I started to see was if I continued to do the strategies that I would do for anybody the internet would tell me what people want wow i didn't so nothing really changed from a marketing standpoint but it took me a couple of months to settle down and see that so now like you said we went from um really nobody thinking it was going to be that big deal. We're only right. going to you know, a lockdown for maybe a week to 10 days. That was going to mm-hmm. be it to literally after that, they're saying, no, shut everything down. We can't even go outside. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Cause that's why I, we were like, what? Because, right. And
1: it was, it's funny that you say that because we had just, um, had an event, the organization, that I'm a president of, which is called the International Live Events Association, and I'm a president of the uh, Atlanta chapter. We had just had an event, oh, my God, that, like, March 10th. And it was so crazy because we're having this event. We're sort of talking about it a little bit. And in our heads, everybody's like, oh, it'll probably, like you said, it'll be two weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, it's nothing big. But then it was funny, we were so grateful that we were able to have our event because no one else could have an event after that. Mm-hmm. It was like, everybody was like, okay, shut down. No, you can't have an event. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't, if, if you do and you're in the event industry and you're a professional, You know, we're gonna slap you with some fines or if we don't slap you with some fines because you guys are not taking this seriously, you might get black ball in the event industry right, because right. you're not taking it seriously. You're not thinking of people's safety. And that's one of the things that, you know, we're supposed to do, but it was so funny how we were sitting there and we had like maybe over a hundred people to attend this event. Um, we all just giggling, laughing, having, you know, just fun, you know, just talking and things we have our presenters to, you know, Speak and do their presentation. The next thing we know, it's like that very next day, I started seeing all these emails flying from my kids' school. And I was thinking, I was like, I got a feeling we're going into lockdown. Mm-hmm. I was like, I really have this feeling. And then it really hit, get an email later that day. I was talking to one of my vendors and he was like, hey, have you saw Cobb County is now in the lockdown? <laughs> it's like schools are school will not be anymore. You guys are going to be doing online school. Like, what? What are you talking about? And sure enough, get an email from the county, get an email from the school, get text messages. I mean, my phone was just like going crazy. Not only that, we were, I was supposed to actually be um, the planner for an event that was happening at the W. And It was really funny because emails coming from them like no we're, we're going to have to you know just um we're, we're definitely we're going to have to do um you know this at another time we don't know when we don't know you know why but we're what's going on but we know that due to the cdc and what's going on we're going to have to do this at a whole another time so that gets, you know, taken off. Then you start seeing other emails flying from different people and they're like, okay, so what are we supposed to do about our event? And and you immediately, as a planner, have to go into this mode of, okay, what are they going to do about their events? And let me start calling people. But the crazy part about it all was, unlike the stock market crash and unlike 9-11, people literally, I mean, they were sending people home, Left and right, immediately after things started, so you may have not been able to get in contact with someone oh at God. a venue for a couple of days because now everyone is trying to that, set everyone up from to work from home
0: that has been one of my venue's biggest um issues. they have um everybody went home yeah home and they were and this is one of the oh my gosh, so much has just it's just been so much clarity for how things should have been run in the first place. They never were set up on an automated phone system. They always had a receptionist at all these venues and someone was always answering the phone. So now all these phone calls are going into a message and they didn't have a system set up remotely that people could even check the message. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Literally one of the, um, The managers um, out in the California area, she would have to drive an hour and 30 minutes two days a week just to go and check the messages.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So from a marketing standpoint, I'm just like, maybe I should just stop trying to get people to them. You know what I mean? Because now the people are getting mad. They're putting bad reviews out on Google because they're mad because their event's been canceled. They're mad because they're not getting their money back. Um, you know, just a bunch of things just start to just add up. And add it, up. You right. know, by May, I'm just like, um, maybe we should just stop. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should just stop. But what has happened is people are so resilient mm-hmm. in the things that they want. So, when, we, when we're talking about an event whether it's a wedding an anniversary a, a birthday party whatever it is people still want to celebrate celebrate yes,
1: yeah. yes they yeah. still
0: want that um they still want that still special want that. day yeah and so people were starting to ask google <laughs> and search and say hey what if i do it outside hey what if i do it virtually you know, what can I do to continue to do that? So now I'm having to go back to these venues and say, hey, can you guys accommodate this? Can you guys accommodate that? You know, what is the state you that you can do so I will know how to market this properly on the internet? So what what did you do? at, At what point did you realize that you need to pivot And you need to just do things almost totally different from how you've ever thought about doing it. Well,
1: first, uh, the first thing I would say is, oh my God, it was, you sit there and you sort of wonder, what are you going to do? Um, If, what are you going to do? And what are, not only what are you going to do, but. Um, how are you going to do it? Because being a planner, you're dealing with so many different um, aspects and so many different types of vendors. And especially in weddings In weddings, you know, we have a ton of different vendors. We have a, just a lot of different things. And then on top of that, we got kids at home. I have kids. <laughs> I have virtual school. I'm trying to figure out, how am I going to work and get these kids? So that was like the first thing. It's like, you know, it's it's not as professional, uh, you know, having your kids in the background, but then it's like, well, almost everybody Everybody got their kids at home. So so, (laughs) so everyone should be okay with that one. So they'll understand. And then we sort of, you know, think about, okay, so what are we going to do from here? And I had a couple of people approach me and say, well, hey, why don't you do, they started doing this micro wedding thing. And people were like, well, do the micro weddings and um, also the elopement. And I said, well, me personally, what I thought about, because a lot of the people that were pitching that, they were lowering their prices. Mm-hmm. And this is where things get tricky because, you're lowering your prices, but you're still doing the same amount of work. Mm -hmm. You're still finding a location that's safe, you know, that for people, if they decide that they want to have it, whether they're having it in their backyard or not, you're still trying to make sure you find a baker, whether they decide that they want, you know, a big, you know, whether it's like a cake for 20 people or, you know, just a sheet cake, whatever it may be, (laughs) you know, it could be whatever. They still need the cake. They still want the bouquets. They still want some type of decor. So in the same sense, you're still doing the same amount of work. So I was like, do I really want to do that? And then if I do that, I'm thinking also about safety-wise, because literally a lot of people were doing that, and we had not really, the state of Georgia at that time um, had not really opened up. And people were still trying to do that. So it's like, okay, do I put myself at risk or do I show people, you know, not only just put myself at risk, but if I, if I get COVID, then I have a risk of bringing it back home to my family. So it's not just about me. It's about my family, but also do I show people in the industry that I am, professional I don't want to say professional enough but that I do care about safety guidelines. Mm-hmm. Will I be one to be known as okay she yes she does follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Um and she cares about my safety so I know if I hire her she's going to make sure that me and my guests that we're safe that you know that, that we're that, safe and everything.
0: That was a I big think, thing in the beginning you know when things yes. it was still out of hand but One of the biggest things was for me to put those um, COVID banners on all their websites to let people know, Mm -hmm. this is what we're doing. And then to actually put information out on their Google page to say, we're doing this, we're doing that. Because you're right. People are, they're still wanting to go, but they're Mm -hmm. like, hey, do you care about me or do you care about my money?
1: Right, right. And that's, that's the thing, because it's like, yes, I do do this for a living. And this is how I feed, you know, put food on my table, feed my kids and things of that nature. But at the same time, I value life, and Mm -hmm. I value, you know, your health and your well being. And I think a lot of people, they don't really think about that they, they got to that point where they were like oh my god people are canceling left and right people are asking about their money you know getting refunds back and
0: mm-hmm. things of that
1: nature for me I would say the great thing was in my contract I already have a no refundable clause yep. for yep. my deposits. not only that you know um, as far as date change because a lot of people are saying oh I don't have anything about date change but for me I did. I had something in there about date change because I had a client years ago that changed her wedding date three times. Oh <laughs> and God. this had nothing to do with COVID. <laughs> right, right, right. But she just wanted to change her date three. She ended up changing it three times. By the third time I was like, okay, look, if you change it again, you owe me a whole nother deposit. So I went in and I had already placed in my contract about date changes. You get one complimentary date change and it has to be available on my calendar. Mm-hmm. Uh you just can't take somebody else's date, but it has to be open. Mm-hmm. And after that, the second one, there is a um fee for it, a date change fee. So for me, some of that stuff, I wasn't so um I, I wasn't just, you know, trying to figure out mm-hmm. ways or just in awe about, oh, I need to add this now. It's like, oh, you know, something crazy happened to me. So I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I shouldn't say crazy, but you know, it was something unfortunate, you know, just happening and I had to do that. I had to, you know, just reanalyze the situation and just make sure I was covering myself and not only cover myself, making sure that I cover any of my other clients um, because you could have a client that wants a date change and then you don't have the verbiage written a certain way and they feel like they yeah. can have a date that somebody else already has on your calendar and you're like, no, you can't do, <laughs> you know, you can't do that, um, but there was certain things that I had put in place. But for the pivoting part, you know, I had to sit still for a while, I really did. I had uh, one client that got married recently and I was a little bit, um, her wedding, it happened, the state of Georgia, we're completely open. Uh, We do have to follow the guidelines as far as the event and wedding industry they haven't really given us guidelines to follow with the exception Mm -hmm. of following the guidelines of the restaurant. So if you're having, you know, your wedding, um, you know, somewhere, they do recommend having it outdoors, but, you know, as far as your guest count, things of that nature, you can have a guest count, you know, as long as the building can accommodate Social distancing, what they consider social distancing. Oh wow, see that's um, state.
0: California is not like that, and two of the venues are in California. One's in Vegas, and the other one is in Texas.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so everybody had different rules. So everybody yes. had different this. So just and, and the biggest takeaway that I've gotten from that is what does the state require? yeah yeah yeah. let's let's make sure we push that and we continue to reiterate (laughs) that yeah that's what people are actually wanting to know like Uh, how many people can i have Yes. um, yeah you know what is the policy what is your this what is your that so right you go from quote marketing to almost becoming an administrative um, c- yes. CDC. <laughs> I a cdc expert right, right. <laughs> it's like you you and
1: now the cdc ambassador you right. so, because you have to know you're like well wait a minute what state what and and i'm i will say i'm fortunate enough that the major, majority of my weddings happen in georgia so i don't have to you know figure out like what is required in other states but even here in Georgia, like when we first, when they first started opening, when we were going through like all the different phases, at first it was like, oh, you can only have like ten people, and then it got to twenty, and then it was from twenty to fifty, um, or twenty-five to fifty, and um, we ended up um, just, we ended up um, just. We ended up um, going from there to saying, okay, now you guys just follow the restaurant guidelines. And uh, sorry, because here again, again, we still have kids at home. So I have (laughs) one, so (laughs) that's why I'm repeating myself because I have this three-year-old at home uh, (laughs) who is trying to get my attention. Uh, But we ended up going to like where a ballroom could have maybe 500 people to socially distance, you know, you should do maybe 250. Not to say that some people, some people, I don't think some people really get it. Um, Some people don't really think about um, the fact that you still have to have, um, you still have to have that um, social distancing with each other and because you don't know although you may still want to celebrate and it's great to celebrate everyone is not still in that same household
0: right that's true. and they're not
1: in that same community so you really don't know and when you're bringing a lot a lot of people together like the wedding that I had the client had 155 guests that was on her wedding day the venue could hold up 250 guests so her having you know basically a little bit less than what the venue and I shouldn't say a little bit less but almost 100 less than what the venue would require that was great but I was a little bit apprehensive about the fact that you have all of these people most of them have traveled
0: yeah. into town right
1: um and you really don't know the good thing of it was She did, you know, require that they all wear masks except for during dinner. Mm -hmm. She tried to like put people together at tables that she felt like, okay, you know, I know that these people see each other the most, these family members and that these family members see each other or these friends, you know, we sort of um, have this connection and this this that. So I know these people do this. So that was helpful. Her other thing of it was she wanted us to do temperature checks. Now, temperature checks for me is good and it's bad because mm-hmm. I feel like the temperature checks for if someone is asymptomatic, again become a CDC ambassador. <laughs> you find out right, right. <laughs> about you know what, what you know you found out a lot of information. Right. So if you're asymptomatic, you may never have a fever. You right. may, you know, you may not have a cough or anything else. So I feel like when you're asking to check people's temperature, it's giving those around you a false sense of security that no one is sick when point. someone can still be sick.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: So I don't, I don't recommend that everyone follows that step that, that she wanted us to take. Because again, if you're asymptomatic, you may never have any symptoms, but you can still pass
0: right.
1: the, you, you can still, you know, pass it, <laughs> it's supposed, uh, you know, whether you touch something, don't clean your hands properly or what have you. I will say the venue that we were at, they had very, um, very, very strict precautions for the vendors that if you were a vendor, you had to wear your mask at all times. They had a company after every event, there's a company that comes in and sterilize the entire venue, which um, I was really grateful about that. So I wasn't really worried about, you know, sitting anywhere or touching anything. Um, they had hand sanitizer uh, stations placed in like throughout in different areas of the venue as well. So anyone could have hand sanitizer at any time without having to go to a restroom or anything of that nature. But it was, it's so funny how we, like you said, we're resilient and how we quickly adapt Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. to everything that's going on. The other thing of it was she was worried about, you know, you know, her guests and the ones that couldn't attend and what they could do. So I suggested that she create a private Facebook group. Oh. and she was like I don't know how to do that I sort of walked her through how she could do it and with that private Facebook group I told her I said well you know what you can actually go live into your Facebook mm-hmm. and those people that's in the group you go live in the group so those people that are part of the group and can attend the wedding they can actually share. see your ceremony and, well, and share in some I'm of gonna, the experience.
0: I'm going to take that for my own <laughs> I haven't even thought about I've been thinking about things from a just totally different perspective but that that's a great idea um and I'm sure a lot of people have done that so yeah so,
1: and I yeah I think a lot of people have gone like I don't know if they've created a private Facebook group but I just did that for her because she was like oh, I don't want everybody to um to have it but right, I just, right. just but, but I want know. some people so for me to keep to make sure that she had a Still had it to those people that she really wanted to be there. there.
0: That's a a great idea. So, so to wrap things up, you know, we're basically in the last quarter of this crazy year and, you know, what have you learned um, going forward um, just to go into 2021 and 2022 um, not necessarily thinking that we'll be in the same situation for the next two, two or three years, but what, really, what have you learned and how have you grown from this experience?
1: Well, for me, how I've, what I've learned was, first off, <laughs> uh, things happen, and things happen out of our control. And you can either sit and have a pity party or you can start to figure some things out. Um, the other thing of it is that old saying, do not put all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. That was the other thing. So just making sure that, um, I, you know, maybe have, and I should say maybe, but that I do have other, uh, that I've skilled my business and that I have other resources coming in. So that would be the next thing. And the other thing is just don't be afraid. Don't be afraid and don't let other people make you afraid. Mm-hmm of what is uh-huh. and what I mean by that is you know things things are going to happen and you don't have to just because everyone else is in a state of oh my god I don't know and I'm you know I'm, I'm broke I'm going to do this the first thing I saw, people were like oh you know we need to have this and that and we need to talk about this and I and about three months into this thing I was like I don't want to hear another zoom call about right. a PPP loan If you guys don't know about a PPP loan, if you have signed up for some type of assistance by now, then shame on you because Google has the answers to all of that. And if you have (laughs) sat down long enough, you can Google all of this stuff, you know, from healthcare to whatever. So just don't let other people make you afraid, but also don't be afraid to pivot your business you can have your pity party for a week maybe two if you're you know depending upon your financial situation but after that you need to get your head out of the clouds and sit down and say okay what's the next right step and it may not always be the right step indefinitely but it may be the right step for that time and you know that's that's how we have to do things today what you do today may not be what you do tomorrow because the situation may be totally different but I think you have to, to do that, and for me, even with, um, and I'll just share a bridal, that I do this bridal event every year, I actually decided this year, I, well, when things happen, I couldn't do it, because I always do it in March, and it was like, oh, okay, you send everyone an email out, we're not doing it, and it was my own bridal event that I host every year, and I've been hosting for six years. But what I ended up finding out throughout this time, I took the time to study. I took the time and I took some resources um, and I put into getting um, a business builder group to getting around like minded people, not so much in the event industry, but people that are creating businesses and creating you know, some type of income finding, solving problems, because at the end of the day, you have to be able to solve a problem. And if you're able to solve a problem, you can generate income. Mm -hmm. So uh, being in that group also um, turning to the SBA, um, getting a mentor from the SBA, that was another thing. So having those people to make sure that if you do get into that pity party, they can help pull you up by saying, okay, what can you do? Or these are the different things I have done, or this is what I see. So just have those resources and just putting those things out there. But with the actual wedding um, event that I usually do, I found a way to just say, okay, because usually for that event, I'm getting all of these vendors together and I'm hosting at a venue. This time, I was like, no, I'm just only going to showcase me. I'm only going to do it for an hour. Uh-huh. And the brides um, will actually, they'll be able to ask me questions, or uh-huh. the couples will be able to ask me questions for an hour. So you get that, and it will be totally complimentary. Uh-huh. But they get this time to get on and just ask questions. What You know, things just like I was sharing about, taking temperatures. To me, it gives that false sense of security. I personally wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also takes extra time.
0: Right, so right. the
1: extra time added into those, you know, people that are coming on time versus mm-hmm. coming a little bit earlier. And then you're having to start a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, just how do you plan the venues? A lot of them now are going virtually Um, And one of the things I pivoted to is being more of a resource to, and I'm always a resource to my potential clients, but taking some of my packages and breaking down because, again, what person may want to, especially if you have health conditions, do you want to go out and tour four or five different venues? But if I've already had those relationships with four or five different venues, and I can give you that information, I can share with you virtually, we may be able to help you secure your venue without you even leaving your home. Or if you want to leave your home, you're only leaving your home once versus leaving your home three or four times wow. and being around other people. Mm-hmm. So those are like some things that, you know, I've been doing and uh, that I can, that I feel that will help my business and I'll just say for anyone else, I just feel like they should just learn to pivot, adapt, do not be afraid of change because change happens and just make sure um, you move your cheese. Like the, the book said, <laughs> who moved my cheese? Move your cheese. <laughs> right.
0: Well, this is definitely the who moved my cheese year, right?
1: Yes, it was.
0: <laughs> the biggest thing for me when I made that decision back in, 2000 um, December 2019 to just work in one industry what I was missing at that time was what I got back in I say May or June I stopped paying attention to my strategy Mm -hmm. and what I should have done it was okay to niche my business but the things that I preach and do for others as far as what, what do, what are people searching? What do they want? What are the Mm -hmm. trends? I could have narrowed down a niche within the niche. Yeah. And I think that would have made things much easier for me to deal with mentally because now I have a smaller segment of what I really meant. Instead of just saying, I'm just going to deal with event venues. I'm just going to deal with wedding planners. And I did not, allow the data that I force on people so much, I did not allow that data to help me make my decision. Okay. Okay. That's really, because I could have, and you know, I don't know what the data said back then, but now of course it's totally different, but I I didn't let the data lead me. And had I let the the data lead me, I couldn't stop anything that happened but I think I would have been in a different mindset of how to yeah. handle it because I would have had a smaller um, a source of, 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 of people to deal with and and one thing to deal with within that micro niche instead of everything that's yes. with within a bigger niche. So yes, I definitely you. see that. Well, I thank you so much for your time today. This has been great. We, we're going to have to do this again. Maybe we can do a series on just you know cuz continuing this on because really what you just told me is you were doing an event <clears throat> to basically promote your business for the last 5 to 6 years because of covid n- and you and you decided to pivot now you are seeing that the time and money and resources that you've been putting into that event you should have been focused on yourself yeah. or your, your your um all your 20 plus years of knowledge, all of that should have been focused on you. You were giving others avenues to grow their business and you may yes. not have even gotten the business from your event, but somebody else did get business. So that's, that's really, really huge.
1: Yes. Yes. And I think that's the, the one thing that I would say probably my biggest, one of my biggest lessons Mm-hmm. Um, is that I have been focusing so much on, you know, just like I said, the event and making sure other people shine, my vendors that I work a lot with shine and, and dimming the light on what I offer because I do bring all of those people, um, all those resources and things to everyone and they actually have the opportunity of getting, you know, just having that knowledge that I have. And that's the thing. You, I mean, the people come in. I may not get business. There's years where I haven't gotten anything, and then there's years where I have. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, this time I'm just gonna focus on me. And I'm actually not only gonna focus on me, but also focus on on the um avenue. And I'm sorry about this little girl here. And, um is here who like i said this this is one thing um the one thing that i do um no it's just it, it's better to build relationships and make sure that the relationships that you're building that they're genuine but then there's also a two-way street yeah and not to say yeah because also not to say my vendors weren't it wasn't a two-way street but i think right. i did put more of a shine on them Mm. than I did on myself. So it sort of, I don't know, I don't want to say it made me less valuable, but in some ways it did because you see all these other vendors, you're able to get this information and you can go on about your way versus you coming to me and saying, oh, wow, okay, I see her value and I see how she can save me time. I see that she knows because my spending plan may not be exactly, which a lot of people call it budget, but I like to call it spending plan. It may not align with the vendors that I thought I wanted because she already (laughs) knows this. So again, it saves time, but it saves me resources because now she's able to break down who fits within that realm of funds that I have available Uh, for my wedding.
0: That's really powerful. I I think if we all um like you said just really dig deep and think about what was the lesson in this for all of us um you know because you know we've all lived our lives and we've in especially in the united states we've never had something to just ground us and you know even even from you know when we started this you were talking about just the professionalism of this time last year there's no way you could have had a zoom call or a conference call with a kid in the background yelling there's no way now it's just the way it is it because the kids are at home you're at home the kids are trying to do lessons the teachers is so we we i think we all have learned something and i was listening to what you were saying about um how you have learned to turn the focus on you. So you know after this call that I'm going to call you back and tell you how to really turn the focus focus on you and still be able to use those vendors because the ironic part about all of this is when I was turning in my paper last year to finish out my degree, one of my um, future ideas was When I got all these vendors within this industry together in a local area, because I'm always thinking about it from a marketing standpoint, how do you create an affiliate type product that everybody can eat, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, see, had COVID not happened, that would have been a much harder sale Mm -hmm. Because- Everybody was always, always pointing the thumbs back to them and focusing on their business. But when you realize that we're really a, we're really all connected and yes. it, it, it takes you to do this, but it also takes me to do that. Right. And right. I think now people are a little more open to saying, okay. If this happens, then that'll happen. And and you'll get a piece of this, too. Um, So, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that. (laughs) Um, I was was going to say, that's one of the things that I think people,
1: um, and even in my industry, and and I would say if if they have not realized by now that building relationships, making sure the relationships that you build that they're organic um, and just keeping them connected. You don't have to talk to people every day, but just have those relationships with those companies, those organizations, those individuals and coming together collectively. That is another thing. I mean, people, hopefully they've learned that, but if they have not, I think going forward, they're going to be at a loss because those people are going to become their resources they're going to become their affiliates yes and they're going to help their business grow because like you said you can't do one thing without them and they can't do it's sort of like when you're working in corporate america if you don't get the mail from the mail room then you can't (laughs) do your job i mean you know right right, right. you, you got to start you know with that that person and Vice versa, if the you know the mailroom doesn't drop it off to you, I mean you can't do your job. The you know different departments and in, in the organization can't do their job. So, yeah, that that's one of the biggest, one of those things that I think people really really need to understand. And because we're social creatures, I know everyone is tired of Zooms, but at the same time, if you are going live on Facebook with the right information or doing a Zoom uh with the right information just like you know your wedding ceremonies and things of that nature i think you know people will still listen and they'll still follow Mm -hmm. i feel like you know when you're doing what everybody else is doing that's when you start people start to lose interest people start to you know say oh and then you'll find people saying well it's not working anymore it's not working anymore maybe because you're doing the same thing that someone else is doing versus trying to solve right don't create a problem that nobody has but try and solve a problem and maybe just put a different spin on it
0: okay well good thank you so much and we will definitely be in touch very very soon and i'll let you get back thank you to the, um to the kiddos <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> yes i need to make sure they're finishing up schoolwork. the other two <laughs> thank right. you so much for having me
0: no problem bye-bye
1: all right bye-bye